Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. Do you give yourself and the people around you room to grow? He cares about all people, even the people that the world looks down on and that how we treat people matters. Part of letting people grow is letting them change. Good morning. Well, hello, hello. Labor Day weekend, friends, and you guys are here. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? No, it's awesome. I'm so glad that you guys are here. For those of you who are joining online as well, man, it is, uh, it's, I'll tell you what, if you're a guest here, we are busy. This summer, we've been busy. Obviously, in the videos, you notice that we've been, we're, uh, we're uh, kind of doing uh, construction, building out a couple of different spaces. And you know what the truth is, is that we're loving it. It's hard work. We're loving it uh, because uh, we are trying to create a Hope Center. And so that means we're going to create uh, spaces for the community to use, for ours to use as well. And so we are so pumped about that. But this, this past week or so, uh, Mike Smith, who's one of our staff, who's actually leading the project, was like, hey, listen, 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 uh, I need you to help me out a little bit. Can you come in and uh, maybe, you know, uh, Monday's your day off, but just come on in a little bit and then uh, I got, maybe you can help me out. And I was like, sure, I'll show up, I'll show up. And so here's what happened, okay? He, uh, he comes in with me and uh, he gives me something and he says, okay, uh, have fun with this. Now, let me show you what this is. Let me show you what this is. Okay, I got a video of this. This is what fun is right here. Okay, okay. This, right here. Yes, this is it. Have you ever broken concrete? Like, have you ever done this before? Got another video. Look at this. This is serious stuff. Sorry, this is not CrossFit. This is, yeah. This is me doing it for hours on end. Hours on end. Yeah, you can get rid of that. Oh my gosh. Hours on end. And then I was like, don't they make, first of all, um, uh, um, equipment for stuff like that? And then can we not hire people to do this? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I would love this. And he was like, listen, we're going to save 10 grand. I was like, okay, we're doing it. We're doing it. You know what's so interesting about that is that, uh, that how much effort you put in breaking concrete and how little results you see. Like, it's, it's ridiculous, but that's how it is. I think for some of us, when it comes to change in our lives, there are certain areas, you put so much effort, you see no change. You're like, I'm giving it, giving it all my all, my all, and there's no change. There's no, there's no, there's no change. And so we're in a series called um, uh, Mind Games, and we're talking about this idea of God wanting to transform our lives, but he wants to use us, our minds, to do it. And, and, and part of that is me giving us hope and each other hope about the fact that there are some things in our life that we really need to change. We find ourselves like just going, I'm not quite sure if we have, uh, uh, if we're making any progress of you know, change. And so in the last installment, 
because this is week four. Next week, we're starting a brand new series. This, I want to give you kind of a little bit more practical handles on what change looks like. Uh, because for some of us, I think we might be discouraged. You're like, ah, man, I've heard this before, and I'm not quite sure if this is working. And I get that. I, 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 I totally understand that. Um, I understand that because sometimes when we talk about change, especially in church circles, in Christian circles, uh, religious circles, we love moments. We just absolutely love moments. And moments like we have like this moment. I mean, maybe it's just you or maybe it's just me. I think it's just me. I'm like, sometimes I love moments in church services, okay? Even this morning, there were moments, they're singing the song, and if you guys were listening to this, that song, he was like, he won't, and I was like, yeah! This is my moment. Like, my moment is like, I am with God, I'm like, I feel it, I believe everything he says, I've got all the faith in the world, I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Some of you guys have probably seen me, like, this guy's going crazy over here. Listen, I'm in a moment. I'm in a moment, I'm like, I'm loving this, okay? Because I love moments. The problem is, the problem is moments fade. Yeah, moments fade. Moments fade. And in truth, sometimes in religious circles, in church circles, sometimes we're, we, we sell moments in a sense, or we, we tell people about the powerful, uh, the power in moments. And it, it's true, but power, power, moments, moments really have moments of revelation. So you have m- this revelation that takes place in a moment especially when you feel God's spirit in your in that moment you're like you feel the revelation you feel you sense something you see something you be, you're acknowledging something and those are powerful moments moments uh, lead to revelations but transformation takes momentum momentum is very different and transformation is very different revelation and moments are separate things but if you want transformation it doesn't require moments it requires momentum and for some of us, the reason why we're not seeing change in our lives is because we have not, uh, we have been focusing on having a moment where we just go, I'm going to change. I'm just going to happen. It's going to happen. Instead of creating a process of momentum of change in this particular area of your life. We're in this series, right? Uh, mind games. And the whole idea is, is that there are, there's a belief system where um, you think that you are who you are. You're like, it's a fixed belief system. And a fixed belief system is rampant in, in the world. It, it really is. Naturally, we're, like, we're born with certain gifts. We're born with this kind of talent or, or, or not. Um, and that's it. And you think, you know, people are either smart or they're not smart. They're, they're witty or they're not witty. They have personality or they don't have personality. They're, they're whatever. They're brilliant or they're not brilliant. The truth is, is that, uh, and, 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 you know, research has proven that people actually grow. People who commit to growth actually grow their brains, they grow their personalities, they grow their skills, their talents. And so we are moving from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And it starts with the anchor verse in Romans. So let me just read this out to you again. Okay, this is, and maybe you can help me out. It says, don't copy, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this, of this, of this world, but let God transform you by make into a new person by helping out. What's that? By what? Changing what? Changing your, what? The way you think. Changing the way you think. God wants to transform you using your own mind. And he says, if you do that, then you learn to know who God's will is, good and perfect. You'll, you'll have more of an understanding. So we have to change the way we fundamentally think, and we have to move to a growth mindset. And so that means for us, we have to move to a path of creating 
change in our lives, a momentum of change in our lives. And so what does that even look like? I want to give you three things that that actually the, the symbol, I think of change, if you think of the Greek symbol, it's a triangle. Uh, you know, it's a delta. That's why delta's flights are always changing. Anyways, okay, that explains it a lot. Um, but it's like this idea of like there are three points to that. So I want to give you three points, okay, three points of change to creating change in your life. So when it comes to any area of your life, it starts with, number one, conviction. Say it out loud with me. What's that word? Conviction. It starts with conviction. So let me read you a passage of scripture. It's pretty, pretty interesting. It says here, Philippians 1.6. It says, and I, I'm certain that God who began a good work within who? You will continue to his work until it is finished, uh, until it's finally finished on the day that Christ Jesus returns. Now, the, fo- what, the focus of this passage is really a couple of words. It says, his work until it is finished. So say it with me. His work until it is finished. See, I think for some of us, you just believe that God, God, um, uh, is not with you when it comes to uh, seeing you change and becoming the person that he wants you to be. I think for some of us, religion seems like, okay, God's just w- waiting for you to get your act together. And, and, and as soon as you, you, you're, you get your act together, he's like, okay, you're, it's all good. I don't think we sometimes believe that we, have, we don't have a conviction that God is actually working in my life about the things that bother me uh, the most. Like God is in this process of change. So when I'm trying to to get over this this grief, I'm I'm, I'm trying to get over this depression, I'm trying to stop this sin, I'm trying to get uh, past this addiction, I'm trying to overpower all the other things in my life. As I'm trying to do that, I don't think that we think that God is really with us. And here, Paul is saying, I am, I am certain. He's like, I, I'm, convinced. I'm, 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 I'm convinced of this, that God began a good work in me. It's God who began a good work in me. And he is so much more committed than I am because I want to quit. But he says, I believe this. I am what? I am what? Certain. I'm certain he does that. He's like, I am choosing to believe this. He's so many times when it comes to God, I mean, maybe it's just me. It's like, it's you start with, I'm sorry, right? You start with an apology. You start like, ah, I know, it's been a while, or I know, uh, and you start with it because we've been taught to apologize first. You start with, I am, I know I stink. Okay, I'm so sorry. You start with that. Could you, could you imagine if you had a real conversation with a real person and, and you, this person was like, he, good friends, maybe family member, maybe a spouse, and you always started with an apology. Like, hey, I'm sorry I sucked, but listen. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm sorry. Wouldn't you be like, hey, could you stop? Do you think maybe God is saying the same thing or thinking the same thing? He's like, could you stop? Like, I don't need you to apologize. I don't need you to keep on saying how terrible you are. Uh, I kind of know everything about you. And I know everything about you, and I picked you. I picked you and I started a work in you. So just let's go get over that. I want you to now believe that I'm committed to this as much as you are. So what do you, what do I believe about that one thing that man, I've had the hardest time to change? What is your belief around that? 
What, what are you convicted of or convinced of? Or you're like, ah, I, just, I just don't know. I just don't know. You know, the other day, I was, uh, uh, I was watching something, and uh, man, Ashley walked in, and she was like, she was like, what are you watching? I was like, ah, I don't know. I'm like, she's like, what? what? I'm, like, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. She's like, why are you watching this? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't choose this. Like, have you ever been to a point where, like, there's so many shows out there, you don't even know what to watch? Like, oh, my gosh. Every time I have a conversation with someone, they're like, oh, my gosh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. You got to watch this. I leave, like, after talking to five people with 20 shows I need to desperately watch. And I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Look, true confession here. Ted Lasso. Never watched it. Listen, stop it. See, look at this. Like, you had a corporate, like, grief. Like, oh. If I would have said, I haven't prayed in a month, you're like, okay. But hey, I haven't watched Ted Lasso. You're like, oh my gosh, it hurts my heart. Listen, I, go, I don't have time for that. I know I'm going to love it. I don't have time for love, loving so many shows. Okay, because the problem is with shows, I don't know if you do this, I try to figure out the next episode in my dreams. I'm like, okay, now you need to do this, and then this has to happen. I wonder what that will happen. I can't do that with 20 shows, okay? So I'm just going to keep on watching what I always watch. The office. Anyway, so, okay, I just know it's predictable, whatever. But she walks in, she's like, what are you watching? I'm like, I, I just, I, and I basically was like, I didn't, I didn't want to change it. She's like, why didn't you, she's like, you, why did you choose this? What's interesting about that is I think sometimes in life, um, we're too tired to actually choose, right? We're just, uh, we're just tired, tired to do that. We just don't know what to do. The problem is what you don't change intentionally you, you choose. So if you don't intentionally get out of that addictive behavior, you choose it. If you don't get out of that abusive relationship, you choose it. And you're like, name, I didn't choose this. Ah, I'm just telling you. If you don't change the channel, you choose it. If you don't change something, you choose it. And for some of us, we are not changing the channel. We're not changing the way we think about this, 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 this stuff in our lives. And because of that, we're kind of choosing it. And, and God is saying, hey, I'm, I'm kind of with you in this. Proverbs, Proverbs 23. Let me read this to you. Proverbs 23 says, for as he thinks in his heart what so he is and basically the ancient proverb is saying when people just whatever they think they become those things and so i wonder if you're so exhausted you want to give up you're so like i can't change this i'm never going to be this person i'm never going to find you know a relationship i'm never going to get over this i'm never going to do that i'm never going to be accepted i'm never going to be normal i'm whatever the thing is i think it's affecting you and you're, you're, you have to change that opinion about yourself. It starts with conviction. So that's the process. If we're going to create momentum of change in our lives, it starts with not just a revelation, but it starts with going, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to change my, I'm going to change my belief about this. I'm going to think differently about the same thing. So whatever that thing is, I'm going to think differently now about it. Okay. The next is courage. It takes not just conviction, but now you have to move towards courage. Courage is a, it's a big thing, big deal. 
You have to move towards something. You got to do something. You got to step. And for some of us, for some of us, uh, the big reason why we're stuck in this change is because we, we are so afraid to take that next step. And I got to be honest, I, I get that. I, I mean, I get that because I have my own stuff that I'm scared of. Like fear has been a huge part of my life. And some of you might, might not think this. It's, it's a huge part of my life. And you're like, oh, I grew up with fear. I went through, you know, with war and some other things and just uh, supernatural stuff. I mean, fear and then people's opinion about me. I mean, fear has always played a part. And so what's interesting, though, is, is like, uh, is uh, I, was talking, uh, um, I was talking to a guy the other day and he, he brought up uh, my book. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I realized that you're writing a second book. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. yes, yes. And I can't believe that I'm writing a second book, partly because of who I am. I mean, seriously, it's ridiculous, okay? Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you're like, no, name, you could do it. Just ask my family. They think it's ridiculous, okay? Okay, brothers and sisters, they, they equalize everything. They're like, ha, 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 you're, you're an idiot. Anyways, anyways, but they're, they're great people. But the truth is, is I'm just not likely to be the guy who would have ever written a first book versus a second book. And so I'm telling you this is because I was, I was talking to him about it and I was like, uh, I didn't want to bring it up because honestly, it's been the hardest thing for me to do. So just recently, you know, I met with a writing coach and, and we signed the deal and all that. And so this publisher is getting, you know, they're, 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 they're making the deal. So I don't know if you know how it works with the publisher, but they give you money up front to write this book. So my, Ashley, my wife, the other day, she was like, hey, you writing that book? And I was like, yeah, yeah. She's like, when are you going to start? I'm like, I'm starting. I already got the first chapter. She's like, okay, we got 17 more to go. I was like, yeah, we got it. We got it. And in my back of my mind, I'm like, listen, if I don't do it, I'll just give the money back. And she said, hey, by the way, that money is spent. So you better write this book. I was like, what? She's like, oh, there's no going back. There's no going back. You got to write this book. And I was like, okay, guys, I can't tell you. It's so hard for me to do it. I will do anything. That's why I did the Breaking Concrete. I got nothing to do. I was supposed to write a book. And I was like, I'm going to go and hit concrete. That's what I'm going to do. I'm busy. Ashley was like, what do you do Monday? I'm like, I was helping Mike out. You know, good servant leader. She's like, you were making excuses for not writing. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to write this book. I don't want to do this. It's so weird because the stung things you need to do, you you don't, you don't do, we just don't do. And sometimes it's not fear of just like, ah, oh, I just don't know, it's, it's complicated. But for others of us, it's traumatic. It's traumatic. I was talking to a guy the other day, uh, um, he's an interesting guy, his name is Amir, and he is, I kid you not, he is half Pakistani and half Korean. And I was like, you're the coolest dude, first of all. And his, your name is Amir, which is awesome, it means prince. Anyways, um, and I'm like, this is cool. And then he, he said flippantly, he was like, hey, bah, bah. Um, um, he was talking about, he was like, I want to be in your book. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So does everybody. Okay, everybody's going to be on the book. What I'm going to do is I'm going to list the names of everybody I know. That's going to make up one chapter at least. So that'll be good, right? <laughs> right, 50,000 words. I got, I got some thousands of people I know. And so what's funny though is we ended up having a really good conversation about uh, PTSD. And uh, he he's, he's, was in the military, and he had to get out because he, uh, his, his, his group uh, uh, basically was uh, patrolling something, and a bomb blew, and it's, it's, scarred, it's definitely scarred him, and he had to leave the military. 
So just super traumatic experience in the military. Um, and so we were talking about that. And then I brought up this idea of PTG. Now, PTG is post-traumatic growth. Uh, a lot of people don't hear about it, but uh, military personnel definitely hear about it and people who've gone through traumatic stuff. And it takes a lot of courage to take a traumatic thing that's happened to you and develop and grow and have transformational growth come out of that. But it is true, my friends. It is true. There are people who've gone through such traumatic things and instead of PTSD, they actually have PTG, which is post-traumatic growth, which is transformational growth that is linked to, it's linked to their trauma, which sounds ridiculous, but it is true that God can take something, something in your life that was so awful that people meant for evil and turn it into good. Like he can, he can take something that was dying and death and just turn it. Like people talk about how he can take it to graveyard and turn it into a garden. He can literally do that. Do you know in Golgotha, if you know the story of Jesus, he was, that was the, the, the spot of where he got crucified. Right now, if you go, Golgotha is actually a garden in Israel. It's a beautiful garden. And so it's just sim and so symbolic of how God can do that. But it starts with us being courageous enough to actually take that next step and do it. And as I was talking to this guy, I'm like so encouraged by just how, what you have to do to get yourself out of this dark place. And he was talking about this being in an extremely dark place coming out of the military. But friends, for some of us, I think we need courage to take that next step. What is that next step? You know, Paul the apostle, man, if you talk about transformational growth, he's a guy. He was, man, I mean, he was um, enemy number one uh, for or against the Christian faith. I mean, this guy was pros uh, uh, prosecuting, uh, persecuting Christians left and right in the early church movement. He was against the movement of Jesus. And in fact, to such a point where Jesus himself could show up supernaturally and, and have a transformation with him in terms of like call, calling him and give him a revelation of who he was. And then when he, Paul, uh, who was called Saul, uh, he got a revelation. Then he began a journey. As soon as he met Jesus, he went to a three-year-long period. And then he just grew in the movement of Jesus interacted with people, and then he begins being the guy who takes the gospel all over the world. And I think part of it is because Paul knew that at this moment of him, like, you know, basically God knocking him down, showing up in a revelation was profound, but then he had to walk it out every day. And he lived his entire life walking out that revelation, which led to his life being transformed. That is why he writes the most stuff about transformation than any author in the, in the scriptures. And so that's why Romans is written by him. He's, he's talking about that. The next verse here, it's by him. This is 1 Corinthians 9.27. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says this, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what, what? Help me out, what, what? It should. He says, otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. He's like, I got to train myself. I just want you to know this stuff doesn't come easy for me, he says. It doesn't come easy. You might think, oh man, you're a great teacher, you're anointed, you're all doing all these things and you're, you, you got all the influence and people are listening to you and you got all these churches, all that. He's like, no, let me just tell you, this is hard for me. This is hard for me. I've got to discipline my body. 
And when he's talking about body, he's not talking about just physical. He's talking about the re- reality of, of who, we, who he is, like body, the sozo in terms of like spirit, soul, and body. He's saying, I, I got to train myself. I got to train my mind. I got to do this. I have to train. I have to do this because I just know that if I don't, I'll go, I'll just be- start believing something and doing something that is not good for me. See, friends, I think there's something about this change that you know you need to make that scares you to death. It scares you to death. I just need you to know that you're, you have to change your mind on that and you have to take that next step. Do you know what psychosomatic illnesses are? Psychosomatic illnesses are what some doctors call imaginary illnesses. They're not imaginary because they're real symptoms of it. But basically it started with the mind. So the person wasn't, the body was not sick, the mind was. So the mind started having some illness thoughts, some thoughts, unhealthy thoughts. And you basically convince yourself that you are what? Sick. And then your body just says, okay. And you and I have family that do that. They just make themselves sick. See, Paul knows that it starts in the mind. He says, I, I got to do this. So he's like, I'm going to courageously take that next step. I'm going to be like an athlete. I'm going to go and push myself. I just wonder for some of us, I don't know what that courageous step is. I know for me, I mean, yes, it's the book, but it's other things too. It's the making that text, the call. It's like it's calling, it's returning the call of that person you really don't want to talk to. But you know that if you do, do not make that call or react or respond to them, it changes you. If there, if there are people in your life, let me just tell you right now, if there are people in your phone that you are ghosting, like they've texted you and you did not, and you have yet to respond, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, what are you doing? You can respond. You can do a heart, thumbs up. You can do something to acknowledge it. I know it's hard. You're like, I don't want to do that. Yeah, but see, you become a certain kind of person. If you don't have that conversation with that person, if you, if you don't become, you be, I'm just telling you, 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 from a guy who's been there, done that, it's hard for me. You just, you, 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 be, you become a fearful person. And you have to be courageous to step into all that God has. So the next case, conviction, courage. Lastly, lastly, you need community. I know you're like, it all starts with C's. I know, forgive me. Okay, but it's community. It's people in your life that challenge you. You're like, I don't want to do that. But you know, you know, people know this. Like, I mean, even um, what's the first, what's the first step to AA? Acknowledging that you can't do this, what? On your own and there's a higher power. Like the, 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 acknowledging the fact that you can't do this. If there's something in your life that's so tough, it's so, it gets to you. If there's something, I mean, it could be, it could be like, you're like, oh, Naeem, I just want to lose weight. Yeah, okay, let's not minimize that. You want to get healthy, yeah. You know it takes community. Yeah, you don't want to tell anybody you're trying to do it because no one's going to hold you accountable to it. And that's why these team efforts help when people are like, okay, okay, let's get together and lose all this or, or let's try this or let's, let's, let's run a marathon. Let's do it. Community matters. It's, 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 you're like, uh, it's not a thing. It's a, it's a very much a thing. It's people challenging you, challenging you. Let me, let me read you a passage, which I just really despise, okay? I, I don't despise it, but I'm like, oh, 
This is so challenging, okay? This is like, I don't want to ever hear this, okay? So God is, God and Jeremiah are talking. And Jeremiah is like, oh, no, 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 what about, what about, and, and what's interesting about prophets and uh, uh, in the Old Testament, that there was a really sense of communal, uh, community uh, with, with um, a, like a really bond between prophets and God. Like God would talk to them like, as a, like just straight up, like back and forth. And there was a very much a real conversation, like a very real, not like it was just like God just spoke into them and not just gave them a message to tell someone else, but it really shaped them. So this is a, this is a, this is a passage, okay? It's, it's super annoying, okay? I'll just tell you, okay? Jeremiah 12, Jeremiah 12. Jeremiah 12, 5 says this, okay? So Jeremiah is complaining, and then God starts talking, and he says this. He says, if you, if you have raced with men on foot, and they have worn you out, how can you compete with, help me out, what's that word? With horses. To which I would say, I don't want to run with horses, right? There was a guy who ran with wolves, but that's a different story. Back, back in the day, but you guys don't even remember that reference. Okay, okay, okay. But if you, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. So God's saying, if, you, if, if people have worn you out, how are you going to compete with horses? And then he says, if, if you've stumbled in the safe country, how can you manage in the thicket by the Jordan? So here God is not like, hey, I'm sorry you feel bad. He's like, hey, hey, if you're getting, if you're out of breath right now, how are you going to do this? Like if you're freaking out right now, how are you going to do that? Like, if you're, like, overwhelmed right now, how are you going to do the things that I want you to do? If you think, like, right now your life is like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this, then what about that big dream that you have? Because that big dream that you have or that big, big opportunity that you want to step into is going to require so much more. It's not just mere men you're hanging out with or mere women you are running with. You're competing with, like, a whole different species here. So you basically, like, I, I'm just telling you right now, like, this is where you need to you need to kind of get, let's do this. Like, I don't know about you, but uh, there are some people in my life who are like super, like they put courage into me, right? You know what I'm saying? They, they, they really hold me accountable. And I, sometimes I don't want to hang out with them. You know what I'm saying? Like there are some pastors I don't want to call back because they're like, okay, what, what a great thing you're doing today. I'm like, you know what? I'm watching The Office. That's what I'm doing today. Like, what, 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 what are you doing today, buddy? You know, like, there's just people in your life. But I know I need community. Let me just give you a clue. If you find yourself without community, like, a, you are intentionally choosing uh, not to change. Because it is extremely hard to change some things in our lives without other people's support. It's extremely hard. People in your life that goes, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. You need to remember this. Hey, you can do this. You can do this. You, you can do this. You know, it's interesting. Like the other day I was, um, I was working out and this, uh, it, it was so, so ridiculous because this, this workout ended up being just me and uh, there were four of us total. And the coach got really excited. He was like, okay, let's have some fun today. And we're just going to pair you up and compete. Let's go get some healthy competition going on. So we're like teams of two. And we're like, and he gives us a list of things to do. And we got to figure, figure, finish them before, you know, this timer. Like who finishes first? That team wins. So me and actually it was Amir. And we're looking at each other. We're like, oh, two Pakistanis on one team. How are we going to do this? You know, how's this going to happen? And the end of it was basically like you had to do a certain amount of burpees. If you don't know what a burpee is, 
You're not missing anything right now. Let me just tell you, okay? So we're doing this. We're at the end of it. Like it's 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 my partner goes and I go, and then the other guy goes and his partner goes, and they ended up with just me and this other guy. The end. The, the clock's uh, going. This is it. We have to do like I don't know. It was 30 burpees. The first one to finish would win and all that. I literally we get into doing burpees. The guy that I'm supposed to compete with, he walks up and goes literally head to head. He, he comes right in front of me. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he goes, let's go. And I'm like, oh God, what are we doing? And so we just keep on, it's, I'll tell you what, I don't know if he was trying to intimidate me or what. I was like, oh no, you're not beating me, buddy. I know you're like 20 years younger, but this is not happening. I beat him by three seconds, by three seconds. And then the first thing I did was, after I came back to life, uh, I was like, what was that all about? He was like, I just, wanted to, I just wanted to know what you were made of. I was like, I hate you. Like, like you can recover in like two minutes. It's going to take me two weeks to recover, buddy. Like, what, what do you think you're doing? But you know, I think there are people in our life that need to push us. And there are people in our life to just push us to do more. And there are people in our life that need to pull us out of the rut that we're in. I think for some of us, you know, you're thinking, hey, What's this music I hear? Okay, let me just acknowledge that. It's our fellow neighbors who are just having a good old time, okay? But we're, we're almost done with this, so hopefully we, we won't get so distracted. But at the end of this, I want you to know, like, there are people in your life that you desperately need, like community in your life. So my question to you is, like, what, what, in this process of, of change, like, where do you identify the most? I mean, is it, is it like conviction? You're like, oh, I just don't know if I believe this. Is it, is it this idea of like, man, I, I just don't, I know what I'm supposed to do. I'm just scared to do it. Or is it this sense of community? Like, I just don't know if I have the right people in my life. I think you need to. I think you need to. And so what's great about you coming here, holiday weekend, everybody's all at, the, at the pool or lake, you're here. Community matters. It matters because together we remind ourselves about some things. Let me remind you about one thing right here. And then I'll pray for us. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 says this. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed or broken. We are perplexed because we don't know why things um, happen the way they do. Have you ever been there? But we don't, we don't what? Don't give up. We don't quit. He says, we are hunted down, but, we, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but, but what? Help me out. We what? We, we get up what? Again. We get up what? Again. And what? What do we do? We keep going. These bodies of ours are constantly facing death just as Jesus did. So it is clear to all that it is only the living Christ within who keeps us safe. And he's saying, hey, again, circling back, God is in you starting, started to work, we'll finish it. And he said, you might be crushed. You might be perplexed. You might be confused. You might have gotten knocked down. You might have tried, 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 and it's not happening, but I just want you to know. He's reminding them that he is a part of them and saying, 
hey, the day you don't have joy, I do. I'm going to give you some joy. The day you don't have a little bit of faith, because you're around me, I'm giving you a little bit of faith. You, maybe you're feeling this way. I'm telling you right now, I have hope for you. If you don't have hope, if you don't have joy today, if you don't have faith today, if you don't have peace today, being together, connected to one another, on the day you don't have it, I do have it for you. If you're linked in, if you're connected, and the days are always with faith and hope and love and peace. Why? Because the days you don't, someone else in your life does. And so that's what we need. So as we move towards this, where are you on this? Let's stand. Let me pray for us. And then we'll respond. God, we thank you so much for um, this conversation where you know us so much. Because you already know that some of us are like, I just don't know if I really need to uh, bother to change something. But God, we, we choose it. We don't necessarily sometimes like the season we're in or the life that we're living right now. We don't even necessarily like our habits and what's happening in our lives. But we're so, we just don't know if we can change them. And so we just end up choosing those things. But God, you, you have great plans for us. You, have, you see so much in us. So Father, I, I pray you, you do something within us today. You remind us, God, that it's not just conviction. It takes courage. It takes community. Remind us, God, that when we are together in this space, in this moment right now. So, God, as we respond, even when we go to the cross, we're reminded, God, that we all are taking part of your body and your blood, uniting us together. When we go light a candle, God, we are reminded that it's not just about us. It's about other people as well. And when we go to the cross, we're reminded, God, that you are committed to us, that you would give your own life for us. So, Father, I pray that in the midst of whatever we're going through, maybe it's a heartbreak, maybe it's grief, maybe it's sorrow, maybe it's just frustration, anger, maybe it's just loneliness. I pray, God, you remind us, you are, you are with us. You are with us, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's respond. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.